But that's a sermon for another day. <laughs> we're going to be in Galatians. We start our, we're going to start our series through Galatians, through the book of Galatians. Excited about that. So if you've got your Bibles, go to the book of Galatians. That is in the New Testament right after 2 Corinthians. Um, my first grade teacher helped me remember how to find Galatians in the Bible. She laid it out like this. General Electric Power Company. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. That that was my first grade teacher. That still sticks in my mind. General Electric Power Company. And it's just, so we use that, you know. So I I remember that to this day. It's the craziest thing in the world. So, hey, you teachers that are teaching young kids. I go eat popcorn. Go eat popcorn. There you go. It sticks with you, doesn't it? But we're going to start in Galatians this morning. I'm really excited about going through this book. It's, it's an interesting book because I've been reading it. Paul wrote this book. It was, uh, it was addressed to the brothers and sisters of the churches, not just the church of Galatia, the churches of Galatia. And, and there, was, there were multiple bodies of believers that were encompassed in this text. It was these churches that, um, that he was on his first missionary journey to this area. And it was to the churches of Antioch, Pisidia, Iconium, Lystra, and Derbe. And so there were, there were several churches in this, several bodies of believers that were in this area. It was Asia Minor. And it was um, an interesting, it's an interesting book. The introduction is the shortest introduction in these letters to the churches. It's, it's, they're very, um, it's very short. Um, Paul's tone in the book is not exactly a chipper tone. He's not exactly a happy fellow. Um, he's actually angry. Um, the introduction of the book doesn't match the tone of a lot of other introductions in other parts of the Bible. Paul has a deep concern over the, de, uh, the defection and the direction of men and women in these churches from they're leaving the gospel. Like they're, they're, they're moving away from the gospel. And the, intoxic, uh, the, the introduction is short and to the point. Um, because he doesn't really want to waste much time. So he's, we're going to see that here in a minute. But he's addressing some serious things that have been allowed in false teachings, false believing, uh, false beliefs, and that have walked into the building and, 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 and are being taught. And so he's quick to want to address these. So we're going to start, I'm just going to read uh, the first several verses in Galatians and then we'll, we'll dive into this. Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through men, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who are with me to the churches of Galatia grace to you and peace from God our Father the Lord Jesus Christ who gives himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So we're going to stop there. But we're going to keep going here in just a minute. But I, I want us to see just the first three verses. The central theme of Galatians is that we're saved by grace 
through faith alone. That is, the, that is the theme, that is the anthem, that grace, we're saved by grace through faith alone. And Paul defends this theology throughout the text. And so we see the first verse, Paul calls himself an apostle. One who's been, the, the word apostle just means one who's been commissioned. One who's been set apart. One who's been commissioned. So he's an apostle. Why is he an apostle? Because he has had an actual physical interaction with Jesus Christ himself. The only people that are allowed to have the title of apostle are people who have actually had physical interactions with Jesus Christ. So all of the disciples were called apostles because they had a ministry and interaction with Jesus Christ. Paul himself, if you remember in Acts, had an interaction with Jesus Christ himself. Jesus literally knocks him down, blinds him, and saves him. <laughs> so he's had this interaction, and he calls himself. Listen, and it wasn't, and a lot of people give themselves these titles. I see people on TBN and different religious channels that give themselves these titles of bishop and apostle and all these things. They give them, those are given by themselves or their church gives them that title. Don't call me bishop. Don't call me apostle. Don't call me reverend. I don't, I don't like any of those titles. I'm a brother in Christ with you. Now, why, how, do, how can Paul say that he was an apostle? Read the text. Paul, an apostle, not from men. People didn't give it to me. Nor through men. But through Jesus Christ, the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, gives him this title of apostle. So he's, he's been given these titles by the Lord Jesus Christ alone. So that's the first thing out of the gate that we see is not through men. No, men haven't given him his authority, his anything. The, all authority has been given to him by Jesus Christ alone. Period. And he's addressing the church in this text. If you read that, he says, to all the brothers who are with me and to the churches of Galatia. So he is addressing not the lost world. He's addressing believers. He's addressing the church, brothers and sisters in the churches of Galatia. And so um, that, that's the second thing we say. Number three, the introduction in verse three puts its foot on the throat of the Jewish legalistic works based system. So. The Jewish system was a very works-based. You've got to do something to appease God and get into God's favor. So Paul puts his foot on the throat of that doctrine in the introduction of this letter. He says, grace to you and peace. If salvation is by works, as some of these men in this time frame taught and believed, it could not be of grace if there was works involved, there was no grace. James addresses that as well. You have, you're saved by grace through faith alone. And if, if you could be saved by your works, there was no way you could have peace. If salvation is by works, it could not be of grace. And therefore, there could be no peace. And since no one can truly... And this is, this is the problematic issue with a works-based system. In a works-based system, you don't know if you've done enough to appease God. So therefore, in all actuality, you don't really have genuine, authentic Bible peace. You hope you've appeased God. Every other religion in the world, think of every other major religion. Judaism, Islam, 
uh, Buddhism, Mormonism, you name it, Jehovah's Witnesses. Man, I hope I've done enough good to get into the favor of Jesus Christ. Or, or into, into the favor of God. I apologize, not Jesus. I hope I've done enough to get into the favor of, of my God. I hope I've done enough. That's the problem with the works-based salvation system is that no one can truly know if they've done enough good. That's why Paul says, grace to you. Grace to you. And as a result of grace being met out and peace. And peace. That's the beauty of the gospel is that we can have peace and know that we have peace. Not just hope. Just, Man, I hope, I've, I hope I'm in a good standing with God. No, we have the confidence by the word of God that yes, you can and do have peace with the God of the universe because of who? Well, verse 4 and 5 tells us. Verse, verse 4 and 5 introduces and tells us why we've been saved by grace. Jesus, 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 who has given himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age. Now that's like, listen, according to the will of our God and Father, whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Like, I love this. It says that Jesus Christ himself, Jesus Christ himself has given us. What, is he, what has he done? He's delivered. He's given us Forgiveness of our sins, and He's delivered us from this present evil age. Now that is good news in 2021. Amen? Amen. We're, we're living in a present evil day. It is evil ever. It feels and seems dark all the way around us. I don't care who's in the White House. It doesn't matter. Who, but here's, here's what I can tell you. That Christ is on the throne. Amen? And because of that, he's delivered us from the present evil age, according to the will and God of our Father, to whom be glory and forever and ever. That's verse 4 and 5. Now, folks, that's hope. That's hope. Like, we're not putting our hope in a party system. I'm putting my hope in a grace-given, grace-merited system that's been set up by Jesus Christ himself, who is going to live forever and ever and ever. Amen. I know we're Baptist, but that should cause us to get a little excited. Like that should get us a little, little amped up. This is awesome. Like this introduction that Paul gives us is a quick to the point. Listen, we're not saved by works. We're saved by grace. We've been given peace. Why? Because Jesus Christ has delivered us from this present evil age. Come on, let's go. And then he gives that introduction in Galatians. It's short and to the point. Why? Because Paul, like I said, was concerned about what was happening in these churches. So he didn't want to waste a lot of time with a lot of fluff in the introduction. Oh, listen, you guys are doing really good because they really weren't. They really weren't. So he didn't want to waste a lot of time. And we see his reasoning starting in verse 6. Let's go with verse 6. <clears throat> I'm astonished. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the gospel of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is a different gospel, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. 
So listen, it's not anything new in today's world that the gospel is being distorted. It was even being distorted in these days and these times. Verse 8. But, but, even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one that we preach to you, let him be accursed. And we, have, as I've said it before, so now I say it again. So he's not just saying this once. He's not just saying, listen, if somebody preaches a gospel contrary, let him be accursed. He says, now listen, I said it once, but let me say it again. If anyone preaches to you another gospel contrary to the one that you've received, let him be anathema. Damned. That's some strong language. That's some strong language. If there's anyone teaching a gospel contrary than saved by grace through faith alone, let him be accursed. Let him be anathema. So if there's any church in the world right now that's teaching grace plus something else, that's a different gospel. If it's you're saved by grace but you're kept by works, that's another gospel. If you're saved by your works, that's another gospel. That's a false gospel. Paul uses the word astonished or shocked. He's trying to make them understand that he's disappointed in how fast folks have kicked the actual true biblical gospel to the curb for something that's different. Like, I get it, man. We're people. We're human beings. And human beings have an innate desire to want to do things on their own. And when we accomplish certain things, we like to boast in those things. That's human nature. That's human nature. But that's not the gospel. We don't boast in our goodness. We don't boast in what we've done. We boast in Christ alone. And so Paul says, I'm so astonished. I'm shocked at how quickly you've deserted the actual gospel. I'm disappointed in you that you have thrown the gospel to the curb and you're trying to fill it with other things. But how many churches in America, how many churches in the world are doing this exact same thing? The exact same thing. We're exchanging The beautiful, pure, beautiful, biblical gospel for something that is similar to it. it, And that's the beautiful or that's the crazy thing about all this is that the enemy, Satan, he doesn't out and out make it look atrocious. It looks sort of kind of it sounds like the gospel. Like you listen to, to, to Roman Catholicism. It sounds a lot like the gospel, but it's not. It's a works-based system that, man, I hope I'm doing enough. But they use enough Christianese lingo to make us think, oh, okay, oh, we got this. That's the reason Martin Luther, as he was climbing the stairs, doing everything that he could do to try to appease God, he was reading and he's like, as he's reading the text, and he read, the just shall live by faith. And he was like, wait, what? The justified will live by faith alone? What am I doing? And so he goes and the Reformation is born because he says, no, we're not going to do this. This is not right. This is not the gospel. This is not the Bible. And God him excommunicated from the church. The Roman church, not the true church. But we've got so many pastors. We've got large and small churches alike in America. We've got 
Baptist churches that are filling the pulpit and filling the rooms, not with Bible-believing teaching messages, but it's messages of how to be a better husband, 12 steps to being a better husband, 12 steps to being a better wife. That's great, but that's not the gospel. There's so many, like I've listened over the last several years, small little Baptist churches have these pastors who get behind the desk and they don't open God's word and say, thus saith the Lord. I, I listened to one guy and he said, it was the, the message was why it's important to be enthusiastic. Really? And he unpacks, for, not for 30, 40, 50 minutes, for 15 minutes. His message was 15 minutes long because we live in an attention deficit disorder world where we can't handle more than 15 minutes of a message. And we're like, oh, he's, he's, oh, he's preached for 40 minutes. I can't handle this. But we can sit and we can watch a football game for two hours. We can watch a movie for three hours. But man, if a sermon goes more than 30 minutes, <laughs> y'all look like, look like I did this morning when Michael got me. <laughs> we stove up. We get, we get excited really fast. Oh gosh, it's been more than 30 minutes. I gotta go home. His message was on enthusiasm. And he unpacks three different ways we can be enthusiastic. Never mentions the gospel. All he talks about is Christians need to be enthusiastic because that's what the world needs. No, hogwash. The world does not need enthusiastic Christians. The world needs the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what we need. It's shocking to hear pastors do this. But I've watched in, in dismay. Men and women in pews do not need life lessons or coaching sessions. Rather, they need the gospel that will change their life. We don't need church services that look and sound like a motivational seminar. We need worship services that proclaim the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ and Christ alone. That song that we sang this morning, one day, that entire song is the gospel from the birth, the life, and the death, and the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. That's the gospel. The gospel is not, oh, it's the Bible. No, the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection. He died to save me. He was buried in my place, and he was raised three days later as my justification. That's the gospel. Paul's in disbelief at what's happened in these churches. When he uses the word deserted, the Greek word for this is in the idea of military desertion. It's not just, oh, you've left me. It's military desertion, which was punishable by death. That's how strong the language Paul uses here. We read it and we just say, I'm so, I'm disappointed. We read it, you're so quickly deserted, and we just sort of kind of gloss over that word. If you dig into the Greek, it's the, the idea of military desertion that was punishable by death. It's sobering words. And it applies to every church in the world today. It applies to First Baptist Church of Cedarvale today. I think of Paul when he wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 2. He was writing to Timothy because Timothy, he had gotten word. Paul had gotten word that Timothy was wavering in his commitment to the gospel. And so he writes this letter to Paul. Or Paul writes this letter to Timothy. And he says, I charge you. 
I charge you in the presence of God. So it's a, listen, brother, I'm coming as your older brother and I'm trying to shake you awake. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead. And by his appearing and by his kingdom, preach the word, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Be ready to reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound doctrine. They will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And will turn away from listening to the truth and they'll wander off into fables or myths. As for you... Always be sober-minded, endure suffering, and do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. Go on. Like, the idea of the text is don't abandon or turn away from the gospel to something that looks and sounds awesome. I get it that Joel Osteen looks polished, and he's got a great presentation, but that's not the gospel. I know that all these guys that are on TV, and I know that Kenneth Copeland looks fancy. I know he's got all the fancy jets, and he's got all this stuff. I know that Oral Roberts and Richard Roberts and all these pagan, ridiculous, heathen, ugh, gets me mad. I need counseling, I think, maybe. You know, Brian talked about counseling. I probably need to. These guys, make, they make me angry because they have bastardized the gospel. They've taken the pure, beautiful gospel and they've turned it into a, let me, let me rub the genie and get my jet. Let me do what I need to do and get what I need to get. And hey, you can get that too if you just send your seed in. No, hogwash. That is hellish to the core. And Paul says, do not abandon this. Do not abandon the gospel for something that sounds good because there's coming a day when it's going to happen. And guys, we're there. We're in the middle of it and we've got thousands of people. We were in the bookstore yesterday. The boys and I went to Tulsa early and we went to the bookstore and we were walking through the bookstore and I was in the religious section and everything, nothing was about Christ. It was all about how you could be a better you, how you could have a better this, a better that, a better life now, a better family, a better marriage, a better blah, blah, blah. None of it had anything to do with the gospel. But yet we're teaching that that's Christian. No, it's not. It's not. And he tells him, he says, I'm I'm astonished that you've gone to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are people that are trying to tell you that there is one. There are people today that are trying to tell you that this is the way. And I'm telling you it's not. There's only one way. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And there's nobody that comes to the Father except through Him. That's it. But so many people want to try to mix things up. They want to try to get, get this thing the way it looks. Please try, do this, go here. If you get baptized, then you can. If you, like, there are churches in this town that teach that you've got to be baptized in their church in order to go to heaven. What? Where did that come from? That's nowhere in the text. You're saved by grace through faith alone. That tank has no salvation power. It's God's word that, reckon, that, that ignites the spark and we're saved by grace through faith alone. Like these are serious words. He uses the word anathema. Listen to this. If even 
if someone or even an angel comes to you and preaches a gospel contrary to the one we've given you, let him be anathema. Anathema means damned. Like that's serious stuff. So these preachers that are doing this stuff, I don't want to be in their shoes on judgment day. When they're teaching, hey, it's all about you getting rich. It's all about the money. It's all about the, these. Mm, my, 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 it's a dangerous ground to walk on. Take care how you read and how you study this word because there are consequences. It's dangerous to come to church sometimes. So well, I'm not going to come anymore. Well, it's even more dangerous if you don't come. So a couple years ago, oh no, we're going 10 year 10, golly. Almost 18 years ago. I do the math. I'm not, I wasn't a mathematician, Gene. I just wasn't. I worked for a bank and I had a friend. I had a friend who was the, the manager of the call center that I worked in for this bank and he's Mormon. And I sat down with him and we talked about this next part of the text because there was an angel named Moroni that came to Joseph Smith and said all the other play, all the other churches, all the other Bible stuff, all the other Bibles are false. This one's the only one that's real. And there was a golden tablet that was given to the angel from the angel Moroni. And he said this was a new, new gospel. Well, if he had just, if Joseph Smith had just studied his Bible a little bit, he'd realize, do I believe there was an angel named Moroni? Yeah, I think he was a demon. I think this demon showed up and said, hey, guys, listen, we got another gospel. Here it is. Nobody else is right, only this one. Really? If he had just read Galatians chapter 1 where it says, if an angel from heaven preaches another gospel contrary to the one that's in here, don't even listen to him. Let him be accursed. Get out of here. Don't. Let, don't. And the last thing that Paul says in verse 10 is he says, for I am now, for am I now seeking the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please man? Because if I'm still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Paul is telling these churches, listen, we, don't, we're not, we didn't come here to try to tickle your ears. We're not trying to build up a huge following. We're not trying to have a packed place. I'm, I'm trying to be hold fast to the actual gospel. Paul says, I'm not trying to win a popularity contest. I'm trying to sh- preach a gospel that's going to transform lives. And so we've got to hold fast to the gospel. Jesus was in the same boat. Jesus was not in a popularity contest. He had him in the palm of his hand. He was feeding them by the tens of thousands. I mean, in every ministry book that's out there, Jesus did the exact opposite. He didn't try to appease and get the young rich ruler came to Jesus and said, listen, how can I gain eternal life? If somebody rolled in here this morning and was like, listen, Pastor Caleb, how can I gain eternal life? And we'd be like, okay, there's a 12 step program. Let me get this out here. Let me get the, we'd start writing things out. Jesus just looks at him and says, why do you call me good? There's nobody that's good, but God, you want to follow me. You got to give away all your stuff and, and follow me. And he's like, oh. I don't like that. He wanted a gospel that was not the biblical gospel. He wanted something he could do so he could boast in himself because he was young and he was rich. And the Bible says he went away sorrowful. He was sad because why? 
He couldn't get what he wanted. He didn't, we didn't win. And he's teaching thousands upon thousands, feeding and showing miracles, and all these things are happening. And he's at the climax of this thing, and there's tens of thousands, and Jesus stands up in John chapter 6 and says, listen, if you don't eat my blood and drink my flesh, you can't be my true disciples. Everybody's like, whoa, I'm out. They wanted the stuff of Jesus, but they didn't want Jesus himself. That's so many in the church day. We want the stuff. We want the miracles. We want the blessings of Jesus, but we don't want Jesus himself. That's where we need to repent because we want the stuff and not Christ. The same thing that these people wanted in the Bible is the stuff we want. We want the stuff of Jesus. We want, him, I mean, we want to be healthy. We want to be prosperous. We want to have all this stuff. But man, what's it look like to just spend time with Jesus and actually have Jesus and Jesus alone? What would that look like? Well, that's boring, Caleb. I don't want that. I want all the stuff. Well, you need to repent and probably be saved. That's what you need. We need to hold fast to the gospel of Jesus Christ alone. That's what we need to hold fast to. And that's what Paul tells us in this first text. First part of the text is that we need to hold fast to the gospel. I don't need to try to please anybody. I don't need to try to make everybody like me. If you don't like me, okay. I don't like the way you preach. Okay. Sorry. I'm just reading the text. I'm literally going verse by verse and saying, this is what it says. It's called exegetical preaching. I know it's not fancy or happy or it's not like, oh. I'm not up here saying, you be a better you. Bow, 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 bow. I'm not I have a tiger. I'm not doing that. I mean, I could. There are churches that are doing that this morning. I've watched through Instagrams, flipping through, looking at different churches. And then they got their stages fed up, the lions jumping across. There's, I mean, it's weird. And people are like, whoa, wow, that church is amazing. Like, I could, pack a, I could pack this place out this morning. You know what all I do? Get on social media and say, listen, I'm giving a car away after the service today. You know how many people would be in here? Hallelujah. Oh, man, this place would be packed. Like, the, 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 the balcony would be full. Why are they coming? To hear the gospel? No, they're coming because they want a stupid car. That's not what I'm here for. I'm not a... I'm not a hokey, game-playing preacher. I am a gospel-centered, get the gospel to the people, and let God do the work in transforming their hearts. That's it. Where the world is full of churches that are literally bastardizing the gospel. And we need to change that. And that's what this text tells us, is don't abandon the gospel. Stay true to the gospel of Christ. Amen? Let's stand together.